Hi, friends. Welcome back to Doable Discipleship, Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to say this Christmas season, the show that helps you grow. I I, I really want, I, I'm so tempted every time it's this season to sing, you know, Christmas time is here and do it in that high falsetto of those little kids choir that sings this song, but I'm not going to bless you with that <laughs> this time. No, I'm just joking. It, it, it probably wouldn't sound great right now. Um, anyway, we are in the Christmas season. Guys, we're like four days away from Christmas. Are, are you excited? I, I, I'm excited. I love this season. I love getting to talk about the birth of Jesus with my kids. I love getting to walk around our neighborhood and to see the decorations and just really feel inspired and in awe in this time. A couple of weeks ago, we did an episode on wonder with Jason Williams. I encourage you to go back and listen to that and just be reminded that this is a season of wonder and awe. And so um, before we dive into part two of our Christmas special, again, if you have not gone yet to Saddleback.com, do so to find out everything about our Christmas services. I'm sure there is a service time to meet your needs. So go on there to learn all the info that you can about Christmas services at Saddleback. This is week two of our two-part Christmas special. So if you did not listen to last week's, go back and listen to that one. It starts off the Christmas story, and we're going to continue the Christmas story this week um, with our special audio experience from Pastor Buddy Owens and with some um, added notes and thoughts and commentary from myself and Doug Jones. So friends, we love you. Merry Christmas. We hope that you are enjoying the season and that you have a really nice time together with your family, with your church family. Friends, we love you, and we will be back again next week. We will have an episode next week. Um, it'll be a fun one, so come back then, and then we'll start off the new year um, with a whole series on marriage. So we're really excited about that too. So friends, um, enjoy the Christmas special part two. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. One thing that I think is interesting about this narrative is, uh, is Joseph and his reaction to Mary. Uh, Mary hears first from Gabriel that she'll become pregnant with the Messiah, and then she does become pregnant with the Messiah. And, and Gabriel doesn't actually appear and speak to Joseph about it until later on. And I kind of wonder why God chose to do it that way. I wonder if there was maybe a testing of Joseph's character that was happening in this process. Because you hear his response, which I think is a very uh, 
uh, well, as the text puts it, he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. And one thing I like, Pastor Buddy uh, has defined um, righteousness in the past as doing the right thing in the right way. And I love the gracious and kind approach that uh, Joseph took, while he would have probably felt personally very betrayed before he realized that what Mary was saying was actually true. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Gabriel does show up and let him know what's going on, and he kind of is brought into the loop. But I think it's interesting the way that plays out. I also like, there's a, a little phrase in there that I think we can all learn from, and it's the top of um, the conversation between, right as the conversation between Gabriel and Joseph is beginning to happen. He says, as he considered this. So it says that he took time to consider what he was going to do when he discovered that Mary was pregnant. And I appreciate the wisdom of that. This is a man who was thoughtful about his reaction, um, and reacted in a very righteous and good way. So I think Joseph, we don't hear a lot about Joseph, but I think he's worth giving a little bit of credit to here. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby, lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them.
Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. This was a longer section, so we have a couple of things that we wanted to touch on briefly. First, I want to go back to um, when the angel appeared and said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. There's something that's so powerful about joy in this season. It's, it's one of the four parts of Advent, so it's something that's talked a lot about, but I think it's important to spend a little extra time to focus on on what is what is the joy the joy is this news that a savior is being born so it's not just joy of the season it's not just joy for you know everything that comes along with the christmas season it's joy of a specific kind and that is that there is that is a, a savior the messiah is being born to save us hmm. that's where the joy is found is the joy is found in christ so that's something just I, I i want to encourage you to think about a little bit in this time as you're listening through and as you're entering into this christmas season or or, or continuing into this christmas season is thinking about where is your source of joy coming from hmm. And we also have this passage, which we just read, where Simeon blesses Mary and Joseph and the baby, and then he, he shares a prophetic word to Mary that shows us sort of the counterpart to that joy. Uh, and he ends his statement to Mary. He speaks directly to Mary. It says that he, he spoke to the baby's mother, 
saying these things. And it ends with, um, with this phrase, and a sword will pierce your very soul. And up to this point, we've been hearing the joy. We've been hearing the joy expressed by Mary, like we heard last week in the Magnificat. And we've been hearing how she has kept these things in her heart and really has treasured these precious moments, carrying the Messiah in her own body, bringing him uh, into the world, and, and this entire beautiful process. But as, as modern readers, when we read this, we recognize that there is a shadow of a coming sacrifice for Jesus, and that we have such joy in the salvation that Jesus brings. But this is a reminder that that joy and that freedom comes at God's expense, and that there is a great payment that is going to be made, uh, and that Jesus has a a difficult journey ahead. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. So why was Herod so disturbed? Is a question that might naturally come to mind. One thing we know about Herod is that he was what's called a vassal. He, uh, at this time, all of all of Jerusalem, Judea, this, the whole region was under Roman control. And he was a king over the Jewish people, a local king that had been appointed by the Romans, who were the overlords of the entire region. 
And so <clears throat> the reason why Herod was so disturbed was because he was the king of the Jews. And when this prophecy came through, when it was said that Jesus had been born, the Messiah, the king of the Jews had been born, he saw that as an immediate threat to his power, which gives us insight into what happens next. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. The child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. good to be reminded of what an incredible story we're celebrating uh, during Christmas. And I'm excited to get to Christmas services and celebrate this time with family. And, and I, like I hope you'll be doing, is uh, we'll be taking the time to recognize the gravity of what God did in sending His Son to come, to walk with us on this earth, and to set His redemptive plan in motion. This is what we're celebrating during the Christmas season. Yeah, so make it a point and start to make a plan ahead with your family of which Christmas services you are planning on attending, whether here at the Lake Forest campus, at another Saddleback campus, or at um, your local church. We're just um, excited to get to celebrate the Christmas season all together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, I think it's appropriate for us to end on a classic Christmas passage. So let's wrap up, and Buddy's going to read us Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Thank you.
A child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These excerpts from the New Living Translation were used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers Incorporated. All rights reserved. Product available for purchase at www.tyndale.com. like this podcast give it a like on youtube or leave a rating and review on apple podcasts or your favorite podcasting app if you'd like more resources around spiritual growth be sure to check out saddleback.com grow if you would like to ask a question or to communicate with us directly you can reach us at maturity at saddleback.com